The Box Tortoise's Shell Box Tortoise wouldn't talk to any of the fur folk, or the feather folk, but he was suspected of talking to newts and frogs. Now, there was a special reason why the wood folk wanted to talk to Tortoise. He had a whistle, and also a secret. There were times when he had just been seen in the water, or on a mossy log, whistling just like a bird, only he whistled much better. All the forest folk wanted to know about that whistle, and also about the secret. So they resolved to surround his pond and make him tell all about himself. The old wolf was the chief in that part of the country, and it fell to his lot to call the council, which should force Tortoise to be more sociable. It always happens that way, O oh nephew. When a man just minds his own business and goes along about it, others think that he is shy and a mischief-maker, especially if he has a good trick, like whistling better than anyone else. If then it is discovered that he has a secret too, oh, woe be to him. The whole neighborhood will want to know about it, and tongues will wag until it's told. Well, in the woods, tongues did wag and tails did wiggle, ears flapped and noses twisted, all because Tortoise minded his own business and whistled so well. Around the pond circled beaver and otter, and then muskrat and weasel and mink also came, and fisher, and also pine marten and wolverine, and up on the shore were fox and raccoon, and woodchuck and gray squirrel and also bobcat and bear. In the brushland nearby was rabbit, and above the pond flew the feather folk, led by osprey. In the pond and around the log were bullfrog and lizard, salamander and eel, billfish and water snake. Tortoise looked out at the land and saw all the visitors. He looked at the water and along the shore and saw more visitors. He looked about his log and visitors there too. He even looked up in the air and saw visitors. But he just minded his own business. He wanted to whistle, and he did whistle while the visitors looked on and chattered. Greetings, called out Wolf from the shore. We have come to visit you. Come, join our party. Tortoise said nothing. Why do you keep aloof from us? asked Bear. Tortoise said nothing. You must be very bad to keep from talking to us. What's the matter with you? asked Woodchuck. Tortoise said nothing. Where did you get your whistle? asked Raccoon, wishing he had it. Tortoise said nothing. You have a secret, asserted Otter. We fur folk want to know all about it. You must be a very bad person to keep a secret from your dear cousins. Tortoise said nothing. People like you ought to be punished, said Beaver. Who will help? Torture Tortoise. Who will help Torture Tortoise? Who wants to help Torture Tortoise? I will! I'll fix him! Yelled everybody. What will you do? Inquired Wolf to each chief at the council. I chew off his legs. Called out Rabbit. I will slap him flat with my tail. Called out Beaver. I'll suck his blood. Chirped Weasel. I'll gnaw a hole in his shell. Chattered Squirrel. I'll pick out his eyes. Squawked Heron from the marsh. 
Tortoise still said nothing. He just kept on whistling on his flute. Ready now, warriors, shouted Wolf. Catch Tortoise for the torture. Away rushed the fur folk, the feather folk, and the skin folk, in a wild charge upon the tortoise. Claws were ready, jaws were ready, bills were ready, and so were fangs. The warriors assailed tortoise, who simply put his flute in his pocket. Then he drew his head and his legs into himself and silently dropped into the pond, going down, 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 down until he sank into the mud. The warriors now swam or flew back to their posts along the shore. He is full of evil, whistled Woodchuck. We'll get him tomorrow, croaked out Crane. Leave it to me, said Osprey. So they all waited until another day had come. Out came the sun, and up came Tortoise to bask in its warmth. There he was, on the log, as unconcerned as you please. When he was warmed all the way through, he did a little dance and whistled. And then he swam ashore and crawled under a log. Beneath the log, in a wonderful cave, lived a Jungi, chief of the Under-Earth Little People. Greetings, said the Jungi. I'm glad you came. Greeting, said Tortoise. I'm glad you are here. Anything wrong, asked the Jungi. Yes, answered Tortoise. All those people out there are trying to make me tell all my business. They want my whistle, and they want my secret. I saw the whole thing, replied Jungi. All you have to do is say nothing. I think I'll ask you for some thread, asked Tortoise. There's going to be trouble, and I might need it. Is your secret safe? asked Jungi. Yes, answered Tortoise, pulling out a little needle. It was the first splinter needle in all the world. It was made of bird bone, and it was sharpened at both ends with a hole in the middle. Here's your thread, said Jungi, handing over some fine sinew, well-sized. I made it myself from the back tendons of a deer. Goodbye, and thank you, said Tortoise. The silent one tucked his secret inside his shirt. There were many glinting eyes that watched Tortoise crawl back to the pond and then swim to the log. We saw you, called out Wolf. We know where you hid your treasures. Under a log, that's where you hid them all. Now we will kill you. So they all called him names and made fun of him. Leatherneck, called the chipmunk. Crawled in the box, laughed Crow. No, he is it all, whistled Rabbit. Can't talk to his neighbors, chattered Raccoon. Hot shell, called out Woodchuck. Tortoise said nothing. Pounce on him now, called Wolf, and down sped Osprey like an arrow shot by the Thunderer. Tortoise had just time to crawl in his shell and shut the door when Osprey seized him and lifted him high into the air. Then, hovering over a great rock, Osprey dropped Tortoise and saw him smash on the stony ground far below. Tortoise was all cracked up. Besides that, he was almost like jelly inside. Still, he had his wits about him and rolled over into the water and sank. Lucky for him, too, for just then, down swooped the Osprey to gather him in. 
Tortoise crawled along under the water until he came to a sunken log. Here he sat down and took out his needle and thread. Though he was pretty sore from the fall, nevertheless he sewed himself up, and the seams, well, you may still see those on his shell. For he did a fine piece of work with his needle and thread, and this is the wonderful secret that the Jungi gave him. After a while he crawled into the sunken log and found the house of the underwater Jungis, who nursed him back to health. When you recover, said the good chief of the underwater Jungis, you must go far ashore and never come near the water. Seek out the woodland Jungis and live with them in the leaves. So after a while Tortoise crawled ashore and has ever since lived in the woods, friendly only with the Jungi people and talking to no one at all. That's the way of the tortoise. Fur folk, feather folk, and scaly folk are now sorry for the way they treated him, and often try to make amends for their curiosity of old. They understand now that it's just his hard shell that makes him so. But tortoise says nothing when they try to pass the time of day. The Porcupine's Quills Get out of my way, Grey One, growled Bear. Hurry up! Hurry up! I don't like to hurry, answered Grey One, the soft-skinned porcupine. Then I'll step on you, said Bear. You can't block this path. It's my path. I made it, said the Grey One. Well, if I want to walk in it, I will, said Bear gruffly. Let me take my time, then, begged Grey One. I'll take my own time, said Bear, stepping right on Grey One and sticking his claws right into the poor fellow's back. Oh, oh, groaned Grey One. Everybody abuses me. And so Bear went on, laughing at the soft-skinned Grey One who would not hurry. But Grey One did not laugh. He wept, for some other forefoot was coming along. Get out of my way, Grey One. Oh, I don't like to hurry, pleaded Grey One. Oh, don't block the path, said Bobcat. It's my own path. I made it, wept Grey One. Well, a path's... A path, and I'll walk in it if I want to, said Bobcat with a grin as he stuck out his claws. Let me take my time, pleaded Grey One. After I pass by, said Bobcat, grabbing Grey One by the neck and flinging him aside, at the same time batting him with one sharp clawed paw. Oh, oh moaned Grey One, weeping. Everybody abuses me. One by one, the animals stalked down Grey One's path, pushing him aside and doing him some injury. Now, Grey One was not a bothersome fellow at all. He was just soft and good-natured. He disliked to hurry, for what was the use? 
gray one had a coat of fine, soft wool, like a possum. But he was no possum. He looked his foes right in the eye. I mustn't forget to tell you either that gray one could climb trees, and when he wanted to do so, he could run as fast as a fox, which is very fast. Most of the time, however, he didn't want to run. He just didn't want to. Along came Red Fox and saw Gray One licking his scratches. Hi there, Gray One, said Fox. What's the matter? They all scratch and bite me, said the abused one. Never mind that, said Fox. Do me a favor. What's that? inquired Gray One. Climb that pine and pick off a cone. What for? Just because I say so, said Fox. All right answered Gray One moodily. I'll go. Up he went with great agility and plucked a cone. Thank you, said Fox. You're a pretty fine fellow. Say, would you like to be my friend? And have you eat me? inquired Gray One. No, answered Fox. You see, I don't like Bobcat and I don't like Bear. Well, Dog just gets me mad. I do not choose friends very often, but I do like you. I wonder, replied Gray One. Well, what's next? Roll over in the clay, said Fox. And get my woolly coat all plastered, inquired Gray One. That's it exactly, said Fox. Go on and do as I say. Oh, all right, said Gray One. Just as long as you don't bite me or stick your claws through my skin. You'll soon forget your skin, said Fox as he watched his friend roll over and over in the mud. After a while, Fox began to laugh. Ho ho! he roared. You look just like a chunk of mud rolled off a clay bluff. Well, that's just what I want. Ho ho! Fox now began to pick thorns off the haw tree and after he had a big pile of them, he peeled off the bark. The ends of the thorns wouldn't peel, but most of the thorns showed up nice and white. Fox now sorted the thorns, and started to stick them into Grey One's mud coating. After a time, he finished the work and stepped back to admire his effort. Grey One now looked like a formidable beast. Now look here, said Fox. Remember, I'm your friend. You do, just as I say, and don't you ever crawl in my bed or chase me. Now then, I'm going to sit on that hummock of grass and watch the fun when Bear and Bobcat come back from their hunting. What will I do then? asked Grey One, feeling uncomfortable in his prickly coat. Just as you've always done, keep in your own path and take your time, answered Fox. Grey One dried out, and soon his coat fitted better. He crouched in his path and waited. Along came the bear, grouchy as ever that food was so scarce. Get out of my way, gray one, he snorted, throtting up to the abused one. I don't like to hurry, came the answer. Then I'll step on you, said bear. I told you once before that you can't block the path. Well, it's my path, and I made it, said Grey One, crouching in the grass. Go ahead and toss him out, 
shouted Fox. Don't take orders from the soft-skinned one. I remember everything you've done to me, Fox. But your idea is a good one. So he grasped Grey One and lifted him up. Snorted Bear. Why was this? It pierces my paws. And he put Grey One down. Let me alone, screamed Grey One. I'll let you alone, all right, said Bear, trotting off and licking his punctured paws. Go on and eat him alive, shouted Fox, laughing until he rolled off his grassy knoll. I'll eat you, snorted Bear. Come and catch me, replied Fox, laughing the louder. A short time after this, then who should come along but cross old Bobcat. Get out of my way, gray one, he shouted. I'll stay right here, came the answer. Oh, you will, will you? We'll see about that. Go on and give him a good bite, called out Fox. Hmm, you are no friend of mine, Fox. But your idea is good. Bobcat snarled, leaping up upon Grey One and giving him a savage bite. (laughs) Spat Bobcat. What? What's this that pierces my mouth? All those thorns have torn me terribly. Oh, my tongue. Bobcat fell to plucking out the thorns, but they had grown barbs, and such a sputtering was never heard before. Fox just rolled over with laughter until his sides ached. Eat him up! Eat up, the monster! He shouted and laughed again. I'll eat you! snarled Bobcat. You fooled me! Come on and catch me! I might make a good meal, laughed Fox. Then who should come along but Dog, the matchless hunter. Hey, get out of my way, gray one, snapped Dog. I'll stay right here, came the answer. So you want another shaking, asked Dog. Let me alone, replied gray one. Go on, give him the shaking of his life, called out Fox. Hey, you're no friend of mine, said Dog. But your idea's a good one. So saying, he gave a great leap and landed right on Grey One, and his jaws snapped right on the abused one's neck. (coughs) Yelled Dog. What is this horrible thing? It's pierced me all over like arrows. And he leaped away, whining to pluck out the thorns but the thorns all had cruel barbs. As Dog wept and whined, Fox rolled over and laughed. Say, Dog, he said, why don't you just eat up that soft, flabby gray one? I'll eat you, snapped Dog, twisting into knots. So painful were the stings of the thorns on him. Come on and catch me, invited Fox. But Dog was in no mood for a chase. He had other troubles, and they were thorny ones. Fox now scampered off, seeking more foes to set on Grey One, 
But the word had gone forth that Grey One had become Prickly One and was to be respected. So now, said Fox, I have made a man of you. You just do as you please and treat all my enemies as though they were yours. You gave me the magic pine cone that gives me great speed, and I gave you some magic hair that will enable you to take your time and command your own path. Thanks, said the prickly one. I always did like to take my time. And so, O oh nephew, the porcupine takes his own time, and anyone who argues with him will have troubles of his own, and there'll be prickly troubles too. So it is said by the wise ones.